Oklahoma archery. Everything archery based out of Oklahoma for Oklahoma. Let's get it started. Welcome, everybody. Here's another great Oklahoma Archery podcast, and we have got a guest today. He is, he's been a friend of mine for a very long time, a friend of Neil's for a long time. Um, well, let's just get started. Everybody, welcome. I'm David Bosca. I'm Neil Cooley. And our special guest today is Chris Hammond. Chris Hammond, pro shooter for Matthews Archery. We want to welcome Chris. He is he is one of our local pros. He's been shooting pro. How many years have you been shooting pro now, Chris? Uh, this is my fifth year. You know? Fifth year. Yeah, that was my rookie year was 2019. And you won rookie of the year, correct? I did. Yep. Ended up was able to pull that away. Yeah, that was uh that was awesome. That was an interesting time. But yep, won rookie of the year 2019. Well, before we get too much started, let's just kind of start with a basis here. Chris, tell everybody where you're at and 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 what you do for a living, other than shooting archery. Yeah, no, so um I am from Norman, Oklahoma. I've basically been raised here. Uh, originally born up on the East Coast, but I was uh, I was in the uh, my whole family is all in the military, so we traveled all over and then settled down at Tinker Air Force Base and went to school out at a little small school, Little Axe, where I got introduced to archery at a really young age. Uh, probably about the time I met you, David, um, had to be somewhere right around that time. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, so that's what opened the door for the archery piece. Um, it's been a long, you know, interesting road as life, you know, found its way to get involved and get in the way. But, uh, outside of that, I, uh, I worked for CarMax. I've been with CarMax for 13 years. Um, if you would have told me that's where I would have been, or I'd be working, you know, 13 years ago, like, uh, no way, no way. But um, it's weird how everything works out. I was referred by a friend, went to an interview, and honestly, the rest is history. I work in the uh, on the production side of things, so we help line out, recondition all the vehicles, stuff like that. So it's a it's a huge production process that we have, and it's awesome. Gives me the weekends off now, so I can still play my professional archer on the weekends and get time with the family. So yeah, that's what I've been doing for the last 13 years. All right. Let's, let's hold off just a second here. Did everybody's screen freeze up during that or was it just me? Oh, mine was good. I think All everything's right. been moving. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's just keep, keep going then. All right. Well, Chris, I've got a handful of questions and I'm made of a, of a bunch. Um, let's start off with, um, what are you shooting? Let's tell us all about your equipment. Yeah, I, right now I am, I don't know if you can see it over there on my, over my shoulder. And I know, you know, the the listeners can't see it, but I'm shooting the phase four, the Matthews phase four 33. Um, it's, it's a monster. Uh, I'm shooting, my draw length is just a touch under 30 inches and I'm shooting 76 pounds with 80% mods. Uh, but it's, it's, it's legitimately my hunting bow. Um, when I started playing with it to make the change coming from my TRX 40 and my TRX 36s, um, it was set up as a hunting bow. I 
I keep going back to it's the hunting bow because if you look at it right now, um, I'm sure Neil's seen it, but I still have my quiver mounts on the riser. So it's, I mean, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm shooting that. I'm shooting. One reason why I went to it was it just aims so well um, with nothing on it. So with nothing on it, it just naturally aims well. And that's, that's, uh, that's something I've noticed for the last couple of years with their hunting bows between the V3, the V3X, but they've, they've really got it right with this platform, especially around that 33 inch mark. And honestly, just, I've been able to shoot a much lighter setup. Normally I run on my 40 or my 36, I'll run 17 to 18 ounces on the front of a 30 inch bar. And the, my, my rear bar will be a, most of the time it's a 12 inch bar, but I'll run anywhere between 18 to 24 ounces on that rear bar. With this bow, I'm running eight ounces on the front and 13 on the back of a, the back of a 12 inch bar. And it's, man, it's, it's money. Um, I had to do a little bit of tweaking just because with the high let off, um, the way I would get into my anchor, I was seeing some inconsistencies left and rights. Um, so I just adjusted my anchor where I lean into it just a little more to make sure my face isn't on the string. Um, but with that setup, I'm able to shoot a gold tip triple X with 150 grains in the nose four fletched at 297 feet per second. <laughs> nice. Yeah, what's your bars what's your sight scope yeah Brand. so I, the bars are a little bit of everything i'm shooting my back bar is the a bomar archery bar the 12 inch bar they uh they've got these new hunting bars again that's my hunting bow so <laughs> these hunting bars out that are phenomenal super stiff the vibration's great they're quiet um, but then the front bar is a bee stinger micro hex and the site I'm running, I've got my Achieve XP on there with a AV31 millimeter. So I run a little bit smaller scope than a lot of people do outdoors. Um, honestly, I I probably would be a fan of going even a, a touch smaller. Um, but I am running a a 5x lens. I'm running the uh, that doublet that's made by well, original Feather Vision, but I think it's. Uh, x focus or 365 or something like that i don't know um but that's what i'm running there i played around with the 41 millimeter trying to get ready for this this next tournament the classic our last one because there's there's a there's a chance there a pretty high chance that it's going to be dark and we're going to be shooting in some really dark lanes it has been in the past uh, so i was playing around with that to get some more light but as i was shooting it I've become so comfortable with seeing less that when I had that big sight picture, I could just, I saw so much that it, I don't know, it almost, uh, it didn't allow me to uh, just feel calm on aiming at the smallest, finest detail that I can. And that's how I approach a target is I'm picking out the smallest piece that I can see and aim at in the 12 or a mark by the 12. Um, so it just, it messed with that a little bit. So I had to scrap that idea. I still have it set up sitting on the desk over here, but right now the setup I have works. And Okay. What does a normal practice day for you? Let's say you're, 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 there's not a tournament in sight. Mm -hmm. um, how does Chris Hammond go out and start practicing? What does he do? 
Well, I talked about work. Um, I mean, I'm like most people. We, you know, working 45 to 60 hours. You never know, right? You never know what it's going to be. Um, so, no matter what, um, and this is just a non-negotiable with myself. No matter what, I blind bail in my office. I've got a target over my left shoulder, um, and I'll sit in here. It's three and a half, four yards at times, and I'll blind bail. And it actually, it's it's a it's a couple things. It's one, it's a way to make sure I get reps in, but two, I can still have conversations with the family, still be here, be a part of everything while shooting my bow and testing myself. So it's kind of it's kind of opened itself up to where one, I can test my focus. So if I come to full draw, I can focus while everybody else is making noise, doing whatever they're doing, and execute a shot similar to on a 3d range or in vegas where there's all sorts of stuff going on around you um, it's really easy to lose focus um, but two with that blind bailing i'm really able to you know be ultra focused on how i execute a shot um, i spend a lot of time just playing with how things feel right here in the office whether it's timing um, face pressure my alignment just what feels good my shoulders stuff like that um but that's a normal day. As we ramp up and we start getting ready for tournaments, and let's say we know indoor season's over and we're going 3D's coming up, um, that's where I start looking at targets. I have a system on how I judge. So I shoot, I shoot Open Pro, um, where I judge. We know we don't know any distances of targets, um, and what I mean by that is we don't get to range them. Um, there's a lot of distances that we know. Um, that whole field of guys are so good. I mean, it's not necessarily a guessing game. It's those guys are good. They know how far they are. Um, so I will start looking at targets. And what I do is I start at the furthest distance I can. I start at, I go 51, 50 to 51. And I get used to seeing what the targets look like at that distance. And then I will work myself, myself closer. Um, it's, it's a process that's helped me. Um, and then once I establish what a 50 yard target looks like, I'm able to adjust. Um, it's kind of interesting, but as the first, the further I've come along with judging, you'd be shocked at how much it helps you to walk up to a target and say, okay, I know he's not this because you're just process of elimination there. Well, I know he's not 20 and I know he's not 50, but if you know how far 50 yards is and you walk up there and he's not 50, but he's over 40. Well, now you're just judging 10 yards and that's it. So you're, you're putting the, you're trying to stack the cards in your favor when it comes to that. Um, so with that approach, that helps me set a baseline. And then as we get closer um, and, you know, anything permits, I'll get out on a 3D range and I don't shoot unless it's a tournament. I won't shoot a round unknown. I know that kind of sounds crazy to think that I'm an unknown archer. And I've, I get, I mean, I've got buddies that think I'm crazy for it, but it works. Um, anytime I've gotten away from it, I've seen my, I've seen my performance fall immediately. Oh, as far as your conscious performance or your actual scoring? Actual scoring, like at tournaments. Um, yeah. And it, what it is, it's conscious. It's a conscious thing because it's confidence. And if I don't have confidence in my number and my equipment, how am I going to trust my numbers and how am I going to make a great shot? So 
the way I approach it is when I'm practicing, I step up to a target, I judge it, I go through my exact process. I go through my process, I'll set my sight, then I'll arrange it, and then I'll adjust. And what I mean by I'll adjust is I have a notebook. There's a bunch of great notebooks, a few great notebooks out there, uh, but I believe the one I use is my3djournal.com, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't even know if you can still get them there, but I've got a pile of them. Um, and what I'll do is I'll take notes. So let's say I do that and I'm two yards off. Well, that's where I ask myself why. And I try to get to the root cause of the problem because I'm, I'm approaching each target as if it's a problem and I have to solve this problem or get as close as I can to it. Um, but I'll take my notes, um, whether it's a tight lane, the sun was on it, it was in the shade, um, I was in the shade, it was in the sun, what types of things I'm seeing there. Uh, and I'll make those notes of it, but then I fire my shot, known. And then what's the benefit of that? I mean, Neil can tell you that. That's how you know your equipment is spot on. If it hits behind the pin, you know you're good. And so my method is that. And, man, whenever I do that and I don't stray from it, it works. That's, that is totally different than anything I've ever heard. And that is that is great. I, I mean, I'm glad to hear that. Um have you ever done that um, winter tournament? Let's say didn't have the best performance on that you were thinking it was. Got home. Have you ever just been one of those like 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 I've done? Got home and just okay, just started from scratch and tore your equipment apart and said we're going to see what possibly the problem was. Have you ever just tore equipment apart? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I used to get made fun of because I would, uh, at a local archer range at H&H, I'd get made fun of. We'd shoot our indoor leagues, and I'd shoot a 450 with, like, 41 Xs and then tear my bow apart. <laughs> and because, I mean, it's 20 yards. And if we're not all, like, if we're not striving for perfect and practice, I mean, what are we doing? You know, like, that's the time to be, I mean, you want to be perfect in the real situation, but we know we're all chasing perfection. But why not set the bar at perfection and practice? So, yes, I have torn things apart. Um, and what that's kind of what led me to the phase four. It was in the back of my head that it aimed really well. And when I'm hunting with it, I was like, I can kill anything. Just as I can shoot it as far as my sight will allow me. And I feel confident. Um, so that was in the back of my head. And I was, I've been in a slump, you know, until this last tournament um, where I shoot good. But at the national events, it was just average. Um, practice would be phenomenal. And in national tournaments, they just weren't clicking. And I had gotten away from my practice, the style of practice I do. But before, so the tournament, shoot, I can't remember which tournament was before London. I want to say it might have been Minden. Um, was before London, Kentucky. After that, uh, where I felt like I shot my bow extremely well on day one, but not that good on day two. I got home and I was like, what do we do? Well, the rule of thumb, George Riles, a big proponent of this, is you just scrap, you take all your weights off your bow. Yeah. So you leave your bars on there and see what it does. And then you put it together. And I did that and I just wasn't that comfortable and, I mean, I kept staring at this bow over here in the corner, you know, just collecting dust. 
And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. So I grabbed it, shot it. It was shooting like 300 and like nine feet per second. So way too fast. I know. I was, But at 50 yards, it just felt like it just kind of shook in there and fired. And I mean, just wadded them up. I was like, well, with an X cutter, you know, I'm doing that. I was like, dude, I can run a triple X and be fine. So, yeah, I tore it apart. Um, draw length for me is always about, it's a, it's math for me. So longer bows, I'm a little bit shorter. Shorter bows, I'm longer as far as my draw length. Um, so it was set for my hunting, my hunting setup. And I normally run a touch shorter draw length on my hunting bow just due to severe angles that I may run into. Uh, so I added two twists to the cables, lengthened it just a touch. And I haven't touched the draw length on that thing since then. Um, nothing's moved. I was a little worried um, about the strings and everything being shot in and being able to handle the heat that we were supposed to see in London, Kentucky. Um, so I didn't take it. Um, and I, I ran my 40 and had a decent tournament. Um, I don't remember what I finished, but I was up for the weekend but just middle of the pack, like 15th place or something like that. Just nothing. So I got back and I was like, that's it. Put them all up. I mean, I still have the 40 and the 36 sitting there. Um, no bars on them. Heck, I've robbed the sights off of them too because I've been playing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I scrapped that and I really dove in. To the, phase four. the first practice round I took it to was at the Oklahoma City Gun Club. And shot it and shot great shot really good um and then it's been steady from that moment forward just constant so it's consistent and i really experienced the consistency this last weekend down there at the texas state championships it was oh, dude, it was hot and it's 30 targets and when i woke up i could tell i didn't have my best stuff i didn't feel very hydrated from the day before long day at work and we made it a family trip, drove down. So I didn't get much water or fluids in me. And when I woke up that morning, I kind of was like a little shaky, but not shaking. I could just tell that I wasn't, wasn't settled and I didn't have my best stuff. And it still, you know, got me through the round. I could still judge. I could still make good decisions, but that bow was still shootable. And I was able to, you know, still piece together a great round. So it, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, I hope not. Yeah, Neil, I don't know if you got any questions, but I got another one. If you don't, yeah, um, I've se I know during indoor season, I've seen you roll out, you know, roll through the thirty six and the forty, and and kind of cycle through bows, finding out what's right. Um, I know we're still right at the dog days of summer for three D, but uh, Dave and I have kind of decided it's the beginning of indoor season. Are you gonna start? Your indoor tuning. I know you're. I know you got hunting season coming up. But for indoor, are you going to start with the 33, or are you going to go back to one of your TRXs? That's a great question that you should ask me in December. Well, <laughs> <laughs> few few months early, huh? Yeah. Come on, man. You know what I was doing before we got on this call. Uh, Been out chasing them deers. I know, but um, I want to. And the reason why I want to is because of that lighter setup. I think I'm on mm -hmm. something. Um, I used to weight my stuff down. I mean, I told you the, the ratios. Um, mm -hmm. 
but what I'm seeing is with that lighter setup, even if it moves, it still just returns to back to the X so fast. Yeah. And I know I'm gesturing and showing you with my hands and they can't, nobody can see it, but if it drips off the X because it's so light, I don't hang up on my release. So I don't stop executing because it just goes back really quick. Yep. And that right there, I think is a big key to the success and the consistency I'm seeing is it doesn't slow me down where with my heavier setups, I mean, once the bow comes out of the middle, it may not stop. Like, I mean, it may not stop. So you have, in my, in my experience, I felt like I had to stop my shot and, <laughs> yeah. and, and I, uh, I made that adjustment. So right now, if you, if I had to nail down the answer, I'd say, yes, I'd be shooting it. I don't think I'd be shooting as much poundage, but then I'm also afraid that I'll, that'll change the whole dynamic of the bow. So, yeah. And if I, if I do shoot the 40 or the 36, I'm going to set it up very similar with the light weights and stuff like that. Well, we talked about practice. We talked about what you do when it's not tournament week, just regular week in, week out. Now it's tournament week. Um, you got the classic coming up and you've learned through the year how you've changed. You got to, you, you feel like you got a, a better equipment going into this, the classic. You just came off of a great podium finish um, at the last shoot. What is Chris's plans for tournament week? What are you going to do and get to finish out that classic? Uh, when does this air? Um, probably a good point. Okay. I, I respect that. Okay. I'm going to go up and I'm going to hit not recording. So, okay. It's just, it's just us two. So, so yeah. don't worry about this. Okay. Yeah, Honestly, Chris, I respect it so much that we'll skip that and we'll bring you back on after you win the classic and we'll go over that question again. How about that? Oh, I'm in. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. We'll skip that question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I like that. Well, yeah. well, how about do this travel week? Let's just go over that. Yeah. Who do you so, travel? What do you travel? When do you get there? Just give us the basics. Yeah. So travel week, um, guys have ever been around me. Um, I know there's, I know you guys haven't traveled with me, but, um, I'm a very methodical uh, person and it's because I care. I mean, if I'm going to, something i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna put everything i have into it so we're just talking about travel and what does that look like right <laughs> putting an emphasis on it um i you can say it's silly but i have a, a sheet list a packing list that i go through and I, um just when i think i know it in the back like i know it i, I will miss something so i always use that no matter what um and so that list is something simple, and especially it might it may help people. I'm sure there's people out there that have shown up to a tournament without an umbrella, without their rain jacket, without their binoculars or rangefinder, just the basic stuff. Maybe it's extra knocks. I don't know. Uh, I know a guy uh, by the name of Aaron Glass that showed up to a tournament all the way across the country without arrows once, and he had <laughs> and he had nine. You got to ask him how that worked out, considering his draw length's about five inches shorter than mine <laughs> so yeah um but i do that i worked through this list that i've put together 
Um, you always check the weather because we're shooting outside. So you want to know what that looks like. Um, so I make sure I put a little shot list together. I'm big on hydration. Um, I, I want to be hydrated before I get there and I want to stay hydrated through the tournament. So I pay attention to those things, whether it's, uh, your basic stuff. Like there's a lot of people like liquid IV. I've transitioned away from liquid IV, but there's a lot of different electrolyte supplements stuff you can take, especially this time of year, um, where it's impactful. But then I go into, like, I go all the way down to, um, where we're going to stop and make sure we get out we move we drink plenty of water hydrated staying hydrated is the the piece here um when i'm dehydrated i aim like crap and it doesn't matter whether it's the winter summer or anything i can tell immediately um but when i get to a tournament so it's classic i'm headed down wednesday i'm gonna wake up wednesday morning it's about a nine hour drive from the house i'll get there wednesday afternoon um I'll get there, I'll get my bow, I'll make sure it's outside so it'll do the whole little slow warm-up to that. It's going to be very humid. It's always really humid down there in Coleman, Alabama. And I'm going to go out. I will walk through the village, do my normal, hey, what's up, guys, all that. And then I go straight to the practice range, not the bags. And then that's where I'm getting acclimated to the targets and what they look like in those lanes. So I'll go down through there and judge the entire practice range. And it's just me and my rangefinder. I'm just judging it. Um, I'll do that. And then after I feel like I'm calibrated, that's when I'll get my bow. I'll check my marks. With Coleman, Alabama, I normally lose a yard in my sight tape just due to the humidity. Um, so I want to double check that. And I'm looking for that to make sure that either I'm going to or not. Um, and then I'll go shoot a practice round at the last light. Because I don't get the chance to practice a lot at the 7.30 time frame. Um, so I don't get that look when the sun's coming up. And we get to, we see that. every. I mean, every Saturday morning we see that. And sometimes it's dark. So I'll do that to make sure that I can address any issues I have, lefts, rights, and really figure that out before, you know, instead of discovering that during my tournament round, I'd rather discover it in practice. Um, so I'll do that. And then we'll get out of there. We'll get back to the house, get the boat cooled off, and just relax, do your normal stuff. And then we roll straight into the tournament. Or, you know, Thursday will be the team shoot, do the team shoot, and get even more acclimation because it's on different ranges. And then it's the same process for me. Get the different lighting, make sure everything's, you know, good to go and rolling, and then get some rest, hydrate, and get after it in the morning. Is this going to be a family trip? No, no, this is not a family trip. Um, we got a few of us staying together. We do Airbnbs. Um, so we've got a good solid group that we travel with. And, and yeah, it's going to be one of those weekends. I probably know the answer to this because the way you stated that, how um, methodical you are at even just packing. But when do you make all of your um, travel plans for say your Airbnbs. Is that done first of the year for the whole year? Uh, yeah, normally. So well, like this house we booked while we were in Foley, the first tournament of the year in February. Okay. So, yep. Um, but we've, uh, the crew and I, we've tested staying 
there's been two tournaments where we didn't stay together and we hated it. It was terrible because we were all spread apart and we're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? We never were on the same page. So I would imagine next year we're just going to book everything probably in Vegas. Yeah. Right. Uh, if, if, okay, listen, you get to the championship, you got it rolling Friday, Saturday, not saying you're not in it, not saying you're in the hunt, but what's your, what would you say your mindset is both ways after the first day? Let's say you're middle of the pack, like you said, you were on that one. And then I want to go in with, um, to where, you know, you're in the shoot off. Um, so what, how, how does Chris control his mind? How do you help yourself in a shoot off? So this is a good one, Dave. Um, and this falls back to, I said, like, you know, kind of like when does it air, but this is fine. Um, so I made a change. I didn't make just a bow change. Um, I made a big mental change and it was a mindset. So, uh, you may remember I played all sorts of sports growing up. Um, and those sports have always transitioned well for me to archery. The problem that I run into is all the sports I played when you got pumped up, you were able to feed off of that and turn that into a better performance at times. Um, archery, that is not the case. You get pumped up, and next thing you know, you're pulling harder. Your face is all in the string. You're pushing harder, and that sometimes equals you're missing high. You're missing low. You're missing left, right? So it's a mindset for me. Um, I don't care where I'm at until the tournament's over. Um, if I go out there and I shoot, I'm going, when I go out there, I'm going to shoot to the best of my ability and that I've prepared for, for that tournament. Um, and I'm going to do that while attempting to stay focused on the goal. And that goal is each target. It's one target at a time. I can't step out there and focus on all 20. I can't, but if I focus on that target that's in front of me and I make a good decision, the rest of it's going to fall in place. And that's all I'm worried about. Um, and that's what I did in Metropolis. Um, I shot solid. I had a lot of misfortunate things happen in Metropolis and those things can happen, but I'm prepared for them. If they happen, I'll adjust, I'll overcome and I'll work through it. So if I'm finding myself sitting there day two, and if I'm, I mean, I'm prepared to be the leader after day one, and I want to keep the the hammer down. That's that's where I'm at because I don't want – I've got nothing to lose. Shooter of the year, let Dan and Levi go figure that out. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw the race there. It's, those guys are stupid. Like, it's ridiculous. But uh, I believe it's one point. Have you guys seen that? Mm-hmm. Out of all these tournaments, it's one freaking one point. One point. Yeah. 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 Um, which is pretty awesome. They're, they're two awesome dudes, but if I'm out there, I'm just going to try to maximize each tournament, each target as it is. If I focus on the big picture, that's where I get lost. Um, I've been guilty to think about, I've been day one leader, uh, numerous times and haven't won it. And I've found my mind leak and start thinking about what I'm going to say to PJ at the end of the round or 
back when Bo Junkie was around. What was I going to say to Greg Poole? And it's just, it's, that's, that's okay. As long as I reel it back in, but I didn't know how to reel it back in because I hadn't been in those situations before. So it's always, it's a good thing that I was in those situations. Cause I got to learn from them. And uh, this last turn. Oh, sorry. No, you're good. I was saying in this last tournament, you were in the shoot off. You were walking in. What? Okay. What do you got? Three, four hours between the end of the round and the shoot up or shoot yeah. off? Yeah, roughly. What do you do? You go grab a bite to eat. Um, you go back to the um, Airbnb, go swimming. Um, what do you do, man? Yeah, no, I go back to the booth and hang out at the Matthews booth. Um, hang out with everybody, you know, hear how they shot, how their time, you know, their days or the weekend went. Um, but this last one I did, I drove, I drove by myself just because dude, my wife was in Mexico living her best life while I was in metropolis, Illinois, where it's Sweating. 100% humidity and blah. Yeah. Um, so I, I early pick up the kids, you know, and be there, be back home early Sunday morning. So I drove solo. Um, but I took advantage of that, jumped in the truck, got some alone time as far as just with me mentally preparing myself for what I wanted to do in the, in the shoot down. There was no doubt what I was going to do in the shoot down and what my plan was. Um, you had, you had all of us that were only six points from first to fifth. So that can change in one target. Someone comes out and hits a 14 and the leader shoots an eight. It's a game. It's a different game. So, um, in the shoot down, you had me, um, Sam Smith, Danny Evans, Levi Morgan, and Joseph Goza. So as I'm driving and I went, got a quick bite to eat, went back to the house, changed cause I was sweaty, nasty mess. Um, and it was headed back there cause we had to be there by two 30 to fill out the shooter cards. Um, I knew that I've made shoot downs in the past. That was cool. I guess they were at the time. Um, I've had a chance to win one and lost and got second. And that was kind of cool, but I didn't want second. So I knew I didn't want, I didn't care about shoot in the shoot down. I didn't care about podium. I wanted to win it. And that was my only goal from the moment I got in my truck in Norman, Oklahoma and drove to Metropolis, Illinois. And my only goal, whenever we walked out to do the shoot down, um, and to roll into the shoot down, if you want me to, um, yeah. yeah. So basically the shoot down was your stepping stone. Okay. Now I've made it. It's kind of like the shoot off in Vegas. Okay. My goal was to get here now going yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's it. That's your goal. Um, I didn't necessarily set my bar at make the shoot down. That was the next, that was just a byproduct. I wanted to win this tournament, um, came up short, but at the end of the day, if you guys watch the shoot down, you know, I went for it. Um, and, when you shoot like that, you're either going to win or you're not. Yeah. And I wasn't going to lay up. I wasn't about to shoot a 10 on these close targets. Like I'm not going to do that. Um, so yeah, I went in, I wanted to win it. So I knew I was going to go guns a blaze and be as aggressive as possible. When we were shooting, um, or not when we were shooting, we go out there, we judge the targets. We get like 10 minutes to judge. I, um, uh, the targets for me that were easiest to judge were that were that that measurement that distance. I just told you guys I make I make sure I learn. And so javelina, the javelina was easy. The turkey I thought was pretty easy. The Russian, the Russian boar thought was easy. The pronghorn and the leopard 
were giving me trouble because I kept coming up with different numbers with them. Um, so I kept judging. I even kind of, I would, I went over and looked at the Russian and then tried to look over at the, at the pronghorn just to see if I was, if I could see anything. And I just never really could see anything from the different angles. I judged it from behind where we're supposed to shoot it. I judged it from back behind the little crowd. Like I was just looking everywhere to try to get some sort of additional number to make me feel confident. Um, and then ultimately I settled on a number that I felt good about an aggressive number. And while the women, the senior pros shot, I paid attention to what was happening. Cause we had a wind, we had a pretty good wind from right to left. Um, so much so that Paige even went and switched her whole setup and went to her little skinny arrows and everything. Um, so she didn't have to deal with the wind too much, <clears throat> but I saw that people that were shooting a 23 diameter and a 25 diameter were getting wind drift to the left. So I knew I wanted to pay attention to that. Um, and I had to make a decision there. So I was starting on the Turkey. I had 45 and a half yards on it. That's how far I felt he was. Felt really confident in that. Um, I was like, if he's 46, I'll hit the bottom of it. If he's 45, I'll hit the top of it. But what I told Aaron, who was holding the umbrella for me, is I just got him in the right position to make sure he caught all the wind on my bow. Um, and believe it or not, he was able to do it. He didn't have to step up on anything or stand on a stool. So we're good. <laughs> I hope he listens to that. Um, <laughs> so I made sure he covered the bow and I told him that I was going to fire on that lower 12 and just see if it drifted. So when I fired it, it drifted about an inch to an inch and a half to the left. The only difference between their arrows and mine is I'm shooting a 27 diameter. They were shooting a 23 and a 25. So I'm going to get more drift and I just needed to figure out what. So with that data, went to the Russian, which was 47 yards. I fired aiming in the eight to the right. And when I fired it, I was able to hit the top of it. So I 12 that, and that's when I put my head down and said to Aaron, I said, I've got, my numbers are good. My numbers are good. And then I tried to shoot a 14 on the pronghorn, and that's when I realized my numbers were not good. <laughs> and I shot right, shot right under that 14 for an eight. Um, and then on the Havelina, I ran 50 and I fired on the right side of the lower 12 and I hit the Havelina in the leg, which that was awesome. Uh, that's when my weekend pretty much ended, but, um, uh, leopard, I ran 32 yards at it and shot under it, uh, shooting at the 14. I probably needed 34. Um, I guessing I needed 35 to 36 on the pronghorn. Uh, I had a misfortunate thing, and I'll I'll talk about that since it's not really anything that big. But the and it's a lesson learned. The pronghorn, uh, my knock when they pulled my arrow, my knock was broken, uh, and that's just a that's to me that's on me for not being prepared. But I shot all these arrows over on the bags. I tried not to stack shoot, but I was shooting pin knocks. Um, I've since made adjustments, got away from those. Uh, but yeah, I fought that all weekend there. Um, so misfortunate event, knock breaks, shoot him in the leg, kind of ends your weekend, but wow. yeah, that one was tough. Um, but at the end of the day, good experience. I know that I went out there and shot to try to win and all in all had a great weekend. Just, uh, I was, as my good friend Scott would say, I'm mad at him. 
and when you say mad at them, like I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just mad. Like I'm up right now. Um, yeah. You know, throughout all of your, your saying and talking, you, there's one set of words that I kept picking up. And I wonder what your description to this is. You kept saying, I'd step to the line. I want to make a, I want to make a good decision. You not one time said you don't want to make a good shot. You want to make good decisions. Yeah, Dave, that's because I'm going to make a good shot because all the time I put in here in the office, um, that blind bailing, it just translates. I don't, I don't even have to think about my thumb on the barrel of the release or anything like that. Um, it's all just a, it's muscle memory at this point. I come to full draw, I hit my anchor. I pick my spot I'm going to aim at. As I'm aiming, I make sure that I'm staying tight through my shot, if that makes sense. Um, and it fires. And so your decision-making, that what, what, what you would encompass into decision, that would be you walk into the stake, you sticking with your number, making decisions on that number, making decisions on that number where you want to aim at, yep. how you want it to rise, fall. That is what you're calling you want to make a good decision, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Good. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. if I just went out there and aimed in the middle of all of them, I mean, I'd have shot eights to the left, tens to the left, fives to the left. Um, the shorter ones I didn't need to aim off of because, I mean, there really wasn't that much by that time. But, yeah, good decision is is all of that. Um, that good decision might even be to let down if the wind gets crazy, even though you only have a minute. But um, that's that's the biggest thing I'm focused on because everything else has been – I continue to work on, so it's not like I'm, I'm done working on it. I mean, I shot a little bit before we got going um, today, but that part of it is I'm constantly keeping that tuned up, so I don't have to worry about it. Good. Well, I don't want to spray, stray too far from 3D because I look at you as a 3D shooter. What other disciplines of archery – if you had the opportunity to not take away from 3D and if it was at a different time frame, what other disciplines of archery would you say that you'd like to go do or try? All of them. Um, I mean, indoor Vegas is nuts. It's crazy. Um, and I'm, I guess I'm an adrenaline junkie. So I got addicted to that my first time ever. My first time ever going there was um, not this season, but the season before. And that was unlike anything I've experienced as far as just like with nerves and I got fired up and they were like, they were asking me what's wrong with me after the first end, because I turned around to them. I was like, that was awesome. As my hands were shaking, you know, <laughs> but, um, Redding, I think goes up there for a lot of people. Redding would be amazing. Um, shoot some Mark 3d like that. But then for me, from the little bit that I've dabbled in field archery here, um, that's a blast. It's just fitting that into the schedule while working the 50 to 60 hours. And I got a boy that's full on every playing, every sport Carter, who's daughter, who's gymnastics, soccer, just, I'm sure she's going to go into everything also. So, um, yeah, it's hard to fit all that in, but dude, anytime I've stepped out on a field course, it's probably been some of the most fun I've ever had shooting a bow outside of hunting, of course. 
and and we can tell looking behind you. Sorry, folks. I know you can't see this, but hunting is also a big part of what you do. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Is. It's been a big part of why I'm trying to get my indoor bow together now is because I know once we get to once we get to hunting season, it's gonna have to gonna have to take a little back burner time. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, hunting is, uh, that's my passion. If you told me I had to pick 3d archery or hunting, I was like, see ya. Like, I'll see you guys later. Like I'm not shooting any more 3d, but, um, no bow hunting is, man, that's just it. Uh, it's everybody kind of has their niche or their thing that drives them. Um, it's amazing. My kids are getting even more involved in it. So that's like a whole nother dynamic that I've never experienced before. Um, I got a hilarious story about the deer I killed this one of the deer I killed last year with my, my daughter. It's not, it's just funny. She's crazy. But, and if you guys have met her, you know, she's crazy, but in a good way, not like that, but she, uh, she's showing interest in it right now. Um, jace he's he's loving it but man we uh we've done a lot of cool stuff i've got to meet some great people some of my best friends i've met i've got to go to places i never thought i'd ever go to like two years ago went to kodiak island um that was amazing um shout out to ashley eve uh taxidermist in oklahoma she might be the best i've ever seen she's phenomenal if you guys aren't following her on instagram or youtube check her out but she is getting ready to compete in the national championships and she's going to do a live match. she's going to do one of my deer um so that's going to be awesome she just won the oklahoma one that they had there in oklahoma city about a month ago in that category she was the first woman to win it uh which was she's amazing uh, my wife nice. they, yeah my wife she's all on board because she's like you know why they're better taxidermy and i was like why she's like we have vision you know we're, we're <laughs> fair enough so ashley's awesome but but yeah pick your battles there just agree do what i said pick your battles there just agree with her yeah oh yeah no i think like, you're right yeah, yeah. Uh, but as far as hunting this year man we got a big uh big hunt planned right off the bat we got a crew going to wyoming um the september 6th and that will kind of kick off everything where it's some group hunting. Um, there's a few of us going. Uh, you got myself. You got Scott Langley from Oklahoma going. Um, you got Justin Hanna, known pro. He's won Shooter of the Year several times. He just got second in Metropolis. And then Levi, Levi Morgan's going to be there. Andy Morgan, the professional bass fisherman. And we're just going to get after it. Levi's got a pretty amazing um elk tag in montana so he's gonna double dip wyoming and montana while we're up there so it should be it should be like nothing i've experienced i know levi goes every year but it's gonna be awesome um and then two weeks before that i'm running out to tennessee i just got this nailed down uh two days ago i'm gonna run out to tennessee for their they have a very short velvet season that's what they call it is their velvet season it's a three-day season um so i'm gonna be in, um pretty close to uh nashville um uh, so we'll see how that goes i've never hunted on that early uh, my first time hunting velvet deer early season was last year in kentucky 
And it almost feels like you're cheating because, you know, in Oklahoma, we still got a month, you know, before we're even getting in the woods and there we were already hunting. So they're on summer patterns. And I mean, you get me and my buddy Gavin on a deer and they, they do anything remotely as a pattern and it's summertime. Like they're still in that summer pattern. It's going to be quick. So we, we killed him on our second set. So that was awesome. But but yeah, then we've got some local deer that we're going to be chasing. We'll go down to Texas. I try to go to Texas every December and hunt with my dad. And then we've got a place up in Northwest Oklahoma. So it's a, it's a blast. And then there's, there's something else that we do. Uh, myself, Scott and Dwayne Carter, we do this thing that's called the bow hunting league, uh, where it's just a bunch of guys that all we bow, we just bow hunt and, it's all free. There's nothing like that, but it's kind of like camaraderie and it makes it fun. I don't know. It's uh, it's just interesting. I didn't want to do it my first, like the first time I got invited. And then once I got invited, man, I've just made friends across the nation through it. And yeah, we do that. So it's, uh, it's pretty big. So what sticks and broadheads do you throw? Um, well, right now I have, two dozen of the LRTs sitting here that I'm going to be setting up. That's the new gold tip that, uh, the long range arrow. Um, I shoot those in a 300 spine, a four fletch with the tack driver, uh, 2.25s. Um, I'm going to be shooting the new halo knock. Um, I had some last year and never played with them. Um, but I'm going to commit and shoot those. Uh, we'll see we're, we're going to test them out i got to test everything you know how it goes so um but yeah and then um the new lrp broadhead um schwacker where it's you know glue in and you can unscrew it and put a tip on the end of it and all that um that's going to be awesome um so yeah that's what we'll be hunting with well i know you've done a lot of talking and stuff um i've done a lot of question ants asking um neil what you got going down there just hanging out just listening to the <laughs> listening to the stories trying to not get too excited about deer season too early it's uh i know uh you know get through july august it's you know uh can't stop clicking on that moultrie i run moultrie cams and it's like start to see stuff start to see pictures come in and it it becomes quickly addictive you got to see did he come by today is he morning is he evening because I, I like early season hunting i like to get you know i feel like they're still kind of patterned and uh you know a little uh a little addictive hitting that little uh m icon there on the <laughs> on the screen you start seeing them come in and just can't every 32 minutes like clockwork you gotta go gotta go click it see if he's there um i don't know just kind of what's your what's your mindset on when 3d winds down do you like having a little bit of break before indoor or is it like you set the bow down you got to go hunt you know it's it, hunting season's a grind it's a long two to three months you're traveling all over the country is it like you got your bow in the corner, you know, waiting on you, or is it uh, you need that you need that time off to kind of rest and reset and get fired up again? Yeah, I think some time off is good. I do. Um, I think we're all different, right? Um, mm-hmm. Some people just they put it down; they don't think about it again until it's time. Um, I did that last year and probably had one of my least <laughs> successful indoor seasons. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think I had a little bit of false hope because I I tagged out in Oklahoma. I picked up my 40. I went in there and I reduced all the weight. You're noticing a trend here, right? Light bows. Reduced all the weight because I thought that I wouldn't be able to really handle it that much. I had the shakes, you know, the normal fatigue shakes from not having the the reps and all that, even though I continued to shoot my bow. and I still blind bailed, but I was doing it with my hunting bow. Uh-huh. Uh, but I went into our little jackpot there and rolled a, a 28X game and then did the shoot-ups one. And I was like, oh, we're good. <laughs> yeah. And then I said, we're good. And I just kept throwing weight on and more weight, more weight, more weight. And then, yeah, I think there's there's a little trend there. Um, but I like, uh, I like to do both. Um, and I know this sounds a little bit crazy, but I actually like to keep my 3D bow set up. Um, because in Oklahoma, we get nice weather sometimes in the fall, right? So mm-hmm. anything get outside and still shoot distance, I think it makes it fun to me. Archery's, I mean, it should be fun, right? Mm-hmm. The stuff gets repetitive unless we do jackpots or we go to some local tournaments and you're having fun and you're talking. Because if not, it's just the same thing over and over and over again. Um, and that's a game of shutting your mind off, right? And just becoming kind of brain dead, if you will, if you're shooting 30 arrows trying to shoot, you know, 30 little baby X's. It's like, as soon as I think about that game, it's like, boop, there's a dip bang. Um, and it's just kind of how it works. But if I'm just rolling and I focus on the process, it, it just does that. It rolls. Um, so I keep two set up, um, as I'm going that way, if you guys call and say, Hey, we're going to get some practice in, I can try to make it. Um, but I think Neil, you've already learned that if I still have tags in my pockets, I'm not going to come shoot indoor archery. <laughs> like I'm just not. Um, but leading up to indoor season this year will look a little similar to what it did two years ago. Um, I'll have a 3D bow set up, so when it's nice, I'll get reps in outdoors, um, and then I'll have my 3D bow or my indoor bow set up here. And when it's bad, and you know, uh, hopefully, I feel you know fill the tags that I want to fill and then I can start joining you guys there, you know, and start shooting some indoor earlier. Cool. Yeah. Well, we're crawling up on 55 minutes. Um, Chris, won't you just run through real quick? Um, all your sponsors. Yeah. Give them a big shout out. Yeah. I, uh, my first main sponsor is Matthews archery. I have been with Matthews. I think I'm on year four now um, and still got a little bit of time left there. Um, be nice to win the classic. That way I can solidify, you know, a little more time. Um, but I shoot for Matthews archery. I shoot for gold tip arrows, tack veins, um, Hamsky archery products. Hamsky archery was Sean Greathouse and all those guys. Phenomenal guys. They were my first sponsor. Like somebody that helped me out. It was Hamsky. Um, and I'm forever grateful and the products are phenomenal. Um, so you've got those with Hamsky, Zebros, Sight Lights, uh, True Ball XL. So I shoot, we talked about sights, we didn't talk about releases. I shoot the True Ball Goat thumb activated in a two finger. I have my third finger attached, excuse me, attachment on there, but I shoot it as a two finger. Um, I hunt with the HBC three finger with a click, um, a fairly slow click. That way I, you know, I can roll through my shot and really execute that. <clears throat> but, 
Um, Bomar Archery is one of my sponsor, one of an additional sponsor. Um, just finished sealing a deal again and getting back with First Light. Um, so that was awesome. And then, am I missing anything? Oh, GPO Optics, the German Precision Optics. Um, that is a, I think that rounds out my sponsors. I normally have to look at the back of my jersey. That's you would think. <laughs> you think I'd have it all listed out like I do my packing sheets and all that stuff, but yeah, um, I normally put all my sponsors in my notes section and I copy and paste it. But there you go. Those, those are all the ones I use day in and day out. The bino's been great. Um, the arrows, phenomenal. The veins, all of it's great. Like I said, Hamsky, Gold, Gold Tip, Matthews, they're all money. Where can people follow you at? Do you have a, an athlete's page or anything? Um, no. And PJ with, you know, Cam and Lancaster tells me I need to make one because they can't tag me in it or in anything. But, uh, no, you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook. That's where I limit my social media. Um, but my Instagram is just uh, Christopher D. Hammond. And my Facebook is the exact same. So, yep, I do, uh, I do share a lot of my hunts on Instagram. I'll do little short clips and reels and everything. I've got a, I got a pretty, pretty cool and kind of wow factor, uh, shot on there from last year of a, a really nice eight pointer I shot last year. Um, and that thing, uh, that thing was, it was crazy. I guess it kind of went viral, but was that the frontal shot? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> That was, that was beautiful. <laughs> that was beautiful. Nuts. But, but yeah, that's where they can follow me. I try to stay pretty active. Cool. Cool. Will Neil, Neil, you got anything you want to roll into with? No, I'm good over here. All right. Well, this is all I got too, Chris. I really appreciate you taking the time this evening and um, coming in and chatting with us and, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire after you win the classic. We're going to bring you back on. We're going to get that one question answered. You can go after that. We just want that one question. Yeah, no, you got it, man. I'd love to come back on and do that. It's going to, it's going to happen guys. It's I, I agree. And I, and one, I'm really glad you came on early on this podcast because the basis of what Neil and I want to do here was just bring out, to, to the local shooters, anybody in Oklahoma, the outlying states, anybody can do this. It just takes dedication. And archery isn't just 3D. It's not just indoor. It's not just hunting. Usually when you're an archer, you're in all of it. And I think you're, 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 the, you're the melting pot of everything right now. And I think it's showing um, just in your mindset, the, the, the way you shoot, the way the way you look, I mean, you obviously you're hitting the gym. You're yeah. Looking, yeah. So yeah, it's a lifestyle. It is. It is. I, uh, I did the lifestyle of the dad bod and had some success, but now I think there's a benefit through putting yourself through some, some rigorous, you know, workouts, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, have- <laughs> that's the reason we're not doing video right now is let me tell you, I've been on TV and I'm going to tell you t- TV ads, 50 pounds, not that 10 pounds crap that they, they tell you. Oh, I didn't think <laughs> like that. <laughs> it's a sport for athletes. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to, they're going to have to widen the indoor lanes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. 
That's all I got, fellas. And and folks listening, like this podcast so you'll know when more comes up. Um, That's Oklahoma Archery, folks. Neil, Chris, thanks Thanks. a lot. Thanks, everybody.